0: Pastor Lindsay, so happy to have you on the podcast.
1: It's good to be here, Pastor Logan.
0: It is uh, Talking Church. We're here to talk church, and uh, I'd love for you to share with people a little bit about your role here at River Valley. I know you've done a number of different roles, but the one <laughs> you're doing right now, and uh, excited to talk about missionaries, and I'm, I'm already alluding to it, but I'll let you let you go ahead and maybe share how long you've been here and what you're doing.
1: Cool. Cool. Um, River Valley's been home for about 15, a little bit over 15 years. Loved every minute of it. You're right. I've had many roles on the team. Um, But the current one, I think, is the best one, my favorite (laughs) one. Um, I get to pastor the people that are leaning in and considering going overseas to be a full-time missionary from our church. That's part of our overall vision of the River Valley 500. We want to raise up and send 500 out, so I get to pastor those people in that process. It's a blast.
0: There's probably not too many people that have that role, you know, in a church. I was just thinking about that, like to sending out people, but it's so unique and it's it's so, so much as a part of our heart and our DNA at our church. When you got the role, I mean, obviously it's, there was already some things in motion on Correct. how we did that, but what, has what kind of your vision been for, for sending? I mean, obviously it's, it is our vision so the vision within the vision about sending missionaries and raising them up.
1: You're right. When I came over, there was a a really great structure already set up. We were just able to put more pastoral and leadership so, support behind it with me coming over. But the core of our process is called the Missionary Action Plan, which is really a way for people to develop a global heart and then sort out what role— in having a global heart, God wants them to play at this point in time. And if it is to go on the mission field full-time, then we finish by equipping them, helping them get ready for a sending agency or another avenue to go overseas to serve God full-time.
0: Now, I'm sure a lot of pastors and leaders are thinking, okay, that's awesome, but who? what type of people do I send and go? And I, it's kind of in a joke around here, but we say we send our best.
1: 100%. And, and
0: how, how have we practically, I mean... We've sent out, you know, at, as of this recording, I believe it's past 170. Correct. And 170 people from mm-hmm. our church to be full time to go at least a year, pray about a lifetime on the field. Correct. I mean, that, it's a massive endeavor, but but ha- have we felt like it's? I mean, again, I, I I know the answer, but have we felt like it? It's it's hurt. What's God's doing here? I think that could be like an an, mm-hmm. an inhibitor for maybe a pastor that's like, well, I have these people, and I don't want to. I don't want to send them because like what God's doing here is so good and I need help. How How have you processed that through? Is there's people who are part of that, that missionary action plan, people going on the field, people staying, wrestling with that call?
1: Uh, um, honest in a lot of ways, I hope I become Pastor Rob's number one enemy for sending all the best <laughs> sure. out of here. But it, it, it truly is, you know, when, and I, it, we do want to send our best. And I love that phrase, but I think that means some of the people said, well, I'm not the best, so I'm not sure. going to be part of that. The reality is it takes all of us at our church to send 500. Mm-hmm. We can't do it with just the 500. So yeah. we firmly believe we all have a role to play in it, right? We need, they don't go without prayer. They don't go without financial support. They don't go without learning how to share their faith here cross-culturally, um, and they don't go without people being their cheer- cheerleaders. We call them mobilizers to help mm-hmm. them get there. So the the idea of sending our best is just helping people disciple along that process of understanding God's heart and then saying, yeah, I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. So it, whether it's worship leaders or volunteer leaders or our biggest givers, yeah, we, we we want them to obey God, and we all have a part to play. And so if God says, hey, I want you overseas, be willing to go.
0: Something I've seen over the last couple of years, and maybe it's just been prevalent throughout, but I, I've noticed it more, is sending more unique uh, profiles of missionaries. You know, and yes. in, in the past, it was kind of like, if you have a call to go into the dangerous place and you're kind of a little bit of a extra spiritual Christian that's going to go and you're not, maybe you, you, you didn't hold the steady job in America. And am. so you're going to go around the world. And I'm I'm obviously joking. There's some amazing long-term missionaries that we support, but but seeing some of that, can you share a little bit of some of those unique roles that we're now sending as missionaries that maybe we wouldn't love have in the past? To,
1: love to. I, I mean, histor- I think missions is going through a transition entirely yeah. Because the goal is to get to the gospel to those that haven't been reached yet. And honestly the church has done church worldwide has done a good job of getting to the easier places. But right now, the bulk of the people are in more restricted company countries. So you can't walk in and be a missionary sure. in Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or Tajikistan. So there are other avenues we need to use to send Christians into those areas, which I'm excited about. We're sending a lot of business people, um, and this is this is a new revelation for me, but I'm sharing this with our, our business people in our church, is that when, when a Christian business person owns a company in an unreached area, they're actually creating a beachhead for the kingdom of God there mm-hmm. because within that company, they're running it by Christian principles, so love and forgiveness, integrity, um, charity you know, being fair to one another, being equal, sure. operating with justice, which in a lot of these unreached places, none of that exists. So you create a Christian company, you do it in Christian principles. Now those people working within that company are not just experiencing a two-hour conversation here or there with a traditional missionary. They're working side by side with a Christian, seeing how Christians live. So it really really is... a uh, an expression of the kingdom of God. So we're seeing more, more and more business people saying, well, I can use the gifts that God has given me to serve him in an unreached area. And that is opening up all the time. We have probably 40 or 50 people in our pipeline right now that are all gifted business and want to mm-hmm. go overseas. The other areas that are going to start coming up are healthcare um, and getting more n- medical practitioners to mm-hmm. the field. Because what is taken for granted here is absent in most of these unreached areas. And then education, sending Christian teachers into places in key cities and having interaction with kids that way and shaping their future. So all of those are starting to come. Plus, I'm um, quietly developing some pathways to send our worship leaders overseas Mm. also. So, yeah, yeah, it's anybody... (laughs) The, the goal to reach the world is all of us. It is all of our commission to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. I think it's for more of us rather than less of us. Mm-hmm. We just have to be willing to say yes to that.
0: What um w- When you think about, like, there's a lot of pastors listening and they're thinking, okay, that's awesome for those people. I'm called to pastor... My yes. community in my town, and like we talked about, what does sending my best look like? But if someone in their church, maybe it's a, a youth student or a, or a kid in their kids' ministry, or maybe somebody from a, a message, they, they felt like, I feel like I'm called to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of pastors that are like, That's awesome. That's great but they maybe don't know what to do. What are some of the things that we've done? Obviously we have this whole missionary action plan that has Uh been developed over many years. We have hundreds of people involved, but kind of scaling back a little bit, you've been here a while. What were some of the things that we did to implement to say, how, how do we answer that question versus just saying like, yep, awesome, go, you know, and here you go. It's like, there's a lot of steps that need to be taken and things that need to be considered. Is there any insight you can bring on that?
1: Well, I think a couple of simple things to do. You you think about it in experiences that you want your people to have, and then education, you, you get them equipped and trained to step into something like this. So we start with very broad experiences. We have missionaries every week, not sorry, every month in mm-hmm. one of our campuses, if not more. So people hear that. Let me even start broader than that. We have a lead pastor who is passionate about mm-hmm. this, right? He's the one that said, we're going to send 500 because of his heart for the world. And so he talks about it all the time. But we have these these moments where we have missionaries in and they share what they're doing. It's not even a whole service. It is five minutes, but it is it has triggered so much of a heart for people Mm -hmm. to say, wow, I could do that, right? So those moments. Then we have something as simple as um, a course on Disciple You called Intro to Missiology, Mm -hmm. which makes more people, educates more people in just the basics of God's heart for the world. Where the world is at? There's a lot of people sitting in our churches that don't understand that over 40% of the world have no access to one shred of scripture, not a Christian in millions of peoples and no church in the continent. I mean, it's just or in the country. It's just it's staggering how little access they have when their Heavenly Father is passionate about having a relationship with them. So just making people aware of some of those stats. I mean, one of the crazy stats that Pastor Justin shared with me early on when I came over, Pastor Justin is our missions pastor. He said Americans spend more on pet costumes for Halloween than we spend on preaching the gospel in to people that have never heard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a staggering fact. Yeah, pet, I mean,
0: more on pet, pet costumes, costumes for Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: not kids' it's very costumes. Yeah. Not adult costumes. <laughs> yeah. Pet costumes. Yeah. Right? So it's a fraction of what we spend on adults' and kids' costumes, but on yeah. we spend more on pet costumes than we do on getting the gospel to people that have never heard. And when people start hearing some of those stats, and there's more, I could run off a list yeah. of them, they start going, wait, wait, that, that doesn't seem right. This seems out of balance. Well, then, so what? Yeah. Okay. And so then we take them on this deeper experience, which is virtual global teams, so they get exposed to a missionary, and what people like them are doing in places where lives are being transformed. And then the second step in that experience would be a landed, I'll call it a landed global team, actually on the ground overseas in a global Mm -hmm. team for 10 days. And you're out of all of the niceties of America, and you see what what the gospel has done in someone's heart that never had a chance before that. Mm -hmm. And you're changed. You're fundamentally changed in that. Well, then you come back and say, okay, I have this conviction. Now, what am I supposed to do about it? And then that's where the map kicks in. And we start taking them through. um, And the map is available to everybody on our network. It's open source. Anybody can have it. But it takes them through a series of steps that deepens their understanding of how to reach cross-culturally, why it's important to reach cross-culturally, to get more experience to missionaries overseas, and then ultimately say, okay, is God really asking me to take that step? great, then we want to finish that out and help you become part of the R500. Or maybe for now, I just need to start praying for nations. Mm-hmm. I love what Pastor Rob said this weekend in our vision message. I hope it's, I can reference that. Mm-hmm. But he said, we're going to start praying for nations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. We can start praying for gateway cities. There's key yeah. cities that are going to help spread the gospel around the country, around the world. So prayer, isn't. this isn't going to get done without prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? And then sending, people get a heart to say, I don't have to buy Starbucks seven days a week. I could cut that in half and still give $40 a month to mm-hmm. reach the nations. That, I'm not telling people to do that. I'm just saying it, yeah. you you start evaluating how you spend your money when you realize 40% of the world doesn't have access.
0: Yeah. And we, I mean, we've seen that through in outrageous ways and, you know, we've talked about it and celebrated it within the network of passing 10 million and kingdom yes. builders and I mean to I, I think what, what I'm what I'm kinda trying to get at here and you're explaining it so well is like when you do this, which you know, is really what Jesus said in Matthew to his disciples before he yes. left the earth, when you when you do the Great Commission, your church thrives as well. And I think that's kind of my 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 point if I could make on the, the one point of this podcast is like by sending missionaries, by getting people oh. exposed to global heart It actually makes the local body healthier, more focused on the people in their community, on the – I mean, thinking in Minneapolis, there's so many countries that are uh, 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 immigrants here. And when you go and then you're like – you go to a country and you go, well, now I can relate with somebody. I was in Egypt in in November and when we got back, one of the women on our team said she saw – um, two people speaking Arabic at Target and she went up and she said hello in Arabic and they, you know, were smiling and laughing and they got to meet and she didn't have anything more to say because she couldn't remember. But it was like she never would have had that connection had she not gone and seen these people. And so I think that's that's something that we're seeing is by sending, you know, 170 with 300 mm-hmm. in the pipeline, you know, all these different people. Yeah, but the church is much larger than oh. that. But what we're seeing is that their global heart is changing as well.
1: It It... It changes people's perspectives. I'm not just here to have a better life because Jesus died on the cross. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be part of this amazing story mm-hmm. of redemption for the whole world. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're, it, it, Pastor Logan, I have been part of this church for 15 years, like I said, and I was all bought in and passionate about everything that we're doing, but coming over here and learning these things it's like I'm on a whole new salvation experience. And I believe that will happen in everybody's heart as they learn this and they see their role to play. So people are going to be more, less selfish. Can I put it that way? Yeah. And more giving. Mm -hmm. And then that changes the whole atmosphere in your church. In fact, I'm a firm believer that is Pastor Rob's emphasis on missions. That is the the distinctive factor about our church that allows... What's happening to happen, because our heart is beating with god's heartbeat mm-hmm. right he's he wants his lost children to come home in fact, I mean he Jesus was so clear about it he said, if you don't get this done, I'm not coming back, yeah. so yeah, whatever we're not doing the gospel needs
0: to be preached toward yeah.
1: missions
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're delaying his return, which is kind of a bummer when you yeah. think about it that way, so let's get on with this, and I think I think it gives people a greater purpose to get up every day. Hey, there is an international person that shops at the grocery store with me, or there is an international restaurant I can go Mm -hmm. and meet someone and develop a conversation with them. They matter. They're Mm -hmm. not just an invasion on American freedom and liberties. I don't mean to go political, but sometimes we, we think that the world coming here... Is threatening us when I think what God is saying is the world, I'm sending the world here so you can share, mm-hmm. so they can go back there and bring their whole nation to Jesus. What, yeah. what, what if there was a Billy Graham of Somalia or Yemen yeah. or Pakistan in our backyard? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty doggone cool, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what's curious to me is, and and I'm I'm a victim of, of this own like my own criticism here, but it's like <laughs> we're we often can be critical of like, well, yeah, like, I don't, we shouldn't just be going out. We shouldn't just be sending people around the world. Like we, that's actually our biggest critique as a church. People say like, you, you send too many missionaries and you give too much money away to other parts of the world. And mm. yeah, I think part of it, we wear that as a badge of honor, but I think there's some, some truth to like, we need to focus on our local community. We need to take care of it. We need to invite people. But I think what we're seeing and what I'm seeing is like, you ask people that question, when's the last, person especially in covid you know we were talking about it even this weekend it's like you had a free pass to not invite people to church for like 2 years and be like you should watch online like here's our <laughs> youtube channel i'm going to text you the youtube link and it's like now like when when was the last time you actually brought someone to church yeah when was the last time you said like hey i i know that that y- you haven't been to church in a while, or I know that you know my faith, or or maybe you don't, or your coworker or your boss or whoever it is. And and again, as pastors listening to this, as a pastor, when was the last time? I mean, this morning I was at uh, (laughs) the orthopedics office. I have some problems with my knees. and, And he said, what do you do for work? I said, I'm a pastor. And it's like, oh, where at? And it's like, start telling about the church. But, but did I did I invite him? It's like, well, no. I I told him about the church. I think a lot of times we get that, like, as pastors and people who work at the church, it's like, well, I told them I'm a pastor and I work at the church. Well, that's not an invitation. It's nope. like if somebody told you, oh, I work at Target Field and I'm i work for the t- Minnesota Twins baseball team, you'd be like, cool. Versus, hey, here's some tickets to the game. Now we're that's talking. That's a different you know? deal. There you go.
1: That's a great analogy. But I think I think. I think that's where life really gets fun as a follower of Jesus Christ when you start engaging with somebody else and leading them on a path toward mm-hmm. falling in love with Jesus. And whether we do, Jesus told to do us, told us, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the mm-hmm. earth. He didn't say either or. Yeah. He said both and. Mm-hmm. It's got to be both and, right? Otherwise, we're missing one side of the equation. And and the stats would say we're really heavy in America. Mm-hmm. With access to the gospel and all kinds of services, yes, we live in a community that has suffered a lot in the last two years, but we have a lot of resources here to mm-hmm. help that. Yeah, imagine that type of disruption
0: mm-hmm.
1: being your normal day in and day out, and no solution for it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Is life Can life be chaotic and hard and challenging here? Yes, but there's a lot of resources and the gospel is prevalent. The gospel is readily accessible. And the gospel is simply that there's a solution for this and his name is Jesus. But over here in in the rest of the world, the gospel isn't there. The good news that Jesus is the solution for the ache in your heart and the chaos in which you're living hasn't been preached, isn't available. So it's like we're feasting, and they're living in famine. Mm-hmm. Can we, yeah. Can we balance that out a, a little bit? And I'm not against what we're doing here, but I, you know, Jesus said, "To whom much is given,
0: mm-hmm.
1: much will be required." Well, they've been given little, and we've got it all. So let's get some to them. Whether, and part of that is just people going to be willing to preach and share Jesus and live Jesus in front of them because it's so... You know, I, I, I'm working on stuff for the people in our map to help them understand the value of what they're saying yes to. And I took an afternoon and just researched all the other worldviews, tribal worldviews, Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, and unreached secular environments. Nothing compares to Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's just no solutions there. And so, forty-two percent of the world is living without the solution. I think we can do something about that.
0: Yeah, and I I think what I've seen from even our emphasis on giving to that and sending people to that kind of the the one-two punch. One, you know, yes, you need money to send people, but you need people to go to to fuel the we need the, both. Yeah, the investment, and but but it's like how much more in places, how much further it can go. I mean, I I know oh. my dad's talked about that before. He's like, for $100,000, we can start like a thousand churches in India, house churches, $100,000 in Minnesota. It's like you could maybe renovate half of a classroom or something, you know? For $100,000
1: in some of these unreached areas, you can start a business that would employ 50, 60, 70 people and totally change not only their spiritual status, but their economic And hope for the future, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, That's the power of what we have taken into another environment, not being critical of the environment, just going and saying, you know, here's a thing that dawned on me. God has gifted everybody on the face of the planet. Everyone. God has given a gift to. They just haven't had the opportunity to see it. Mm-hmm. We in America have, we can go there and help them discover the gifts that God has placed in them that will change the trajectory of their life, not only here on earth, but eternally. Let's do that, right? So everybody sitting in in seats in any auditorium has a gift they can take overseas mm-hmm. to see a life changed, not only here, but eternally. And then not just that life, but generations to follow. Yeah. That's the part that gets me so excited. And honestly, any believer that has a heart for Jesus would get excited about that, which then changes the whole spiritual tenor of your church mm-hmm. and you start multiplying. And that's when churches grow.
0: Totally. Yeah, there's I'm something
1: su- bigger to live for than the American dream.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some of our missionaries listening. I know I've been reached out to. They're like, hey, I listened to your podcast. And I'm sure they're going, woo.
1: Well, I hope so. cheering right now. <laughs> I'm cheering for um, them. So I hope they cheer for me here.
0: But as pastors, I think, would love to, to you to just share even with with pastors who maybe say, Hey, it's not my call to go. I am called here. I know I've mentioned that several times now, but it's like for, for them to like, what would you, what would you recommend and to take that one step, that, yeah. that one step forward towards maybe how do I be a more missional minded church or how can I, how can I maybe send one missionary? And, and, and what, what I encourage people to in that is like, the, a lot of people think about their legacy as like their numbers and I think that's such a – it's unfortunate that that's become a reality. And I, 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 it is a reality in the American church. It's like how much do you run? That's usually like the first question at every pastor's conference. How big is your oh, church yeah. on a weekend? Or how many peace, people did you have for Easter? And, and I feel like people are are drained of that question. But my dad has taken the approach of he's like – no I, that's like I don't care about that question I care about how many people have we sent how many churches have we planted how many missionaries have we sent how much money have we given away I don't even he's like I don't even like counting the money that we've raised I want to count the money we've given away and it's like that is such a greater accomplishment in my view and and pastors are doing that but maybe they're not tracking it in the way that they could and that's why I love the map so much but
1: well and it and again I think those three steps matter you know mm-hmm. it how aware am I of the state of the world? Sure. And there's so many different ways to get that. If nothing else, just go and Disciple You and watch Intro to Missiology.
0: Yeah, it's on Pastor, our app. Yep. yep,
1: Pastor Justin does an awesome job there. Read John Piper's books. Mm-hmm. Um, Let the Nations Be Glad. There's just, you start looking, and you're going to find all kinds of good things. Dick Brogdon has written all kinds of things mm-hmm. about the state of the world. It, 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 it's going to challenge you. But I think here's what the enemy lies. Well, if I start looking at this, he might call me to go to Pakistan or <laughs> India or China and sure. when I, or to Africa when I was growing up. Bottom line, don't worry about that mm-hmm. because the best place to be is to say yes to God anyway, yeah. right? And if we're followers of Jesus, we should have given him an unqualified yes in the first place. We don't get to tell him what we will or won't do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the reality is not all of us can go because we still need people here missionaries can't do it alone right so we're not all going to be called to go but if i start getting awareness and a tenderness for it then i deep get a deeper conviction about what role i'm supposed to play to change this playing field mm-hmm. and whether it's pastors can be mobilizers your pastor rob is the greatest mobilizer in our church cuz he never quits talking
0: about it mm-hmm.
1: And so people respond to that. So lead pastors, pastors are sitting here. If they will be a mobilizer just by learning and wanting to lean into that and share about that, right? There's a world out there that we need to reach. And if if we think the world is in a bad shape now, it's going to get worse. And it's going to keep getting worse until we finish the job that Jesus gave us to do. Okay, so I have a role to play. I can be a mobilizer. I can welcome the, the person across the street because who says they're not going to go back to their native land? So there's so many different ways this can fit together. But I think the enemy says, well, if I start leaning into that, I might get called to go and I don't want to do that. Well, what is keeping you from is all the joy of being involved in God's big story, no matter what the role is. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I'll tell you this. This is the best job I've ever had. (laughs) Um, The River Valley shouldn't pay me for this job because I'm having too much fun. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay, thank (laughs) you. But it's I mean, it's just it it it's electric. Yeah. When you realize your purpose isn't just to have an up into the right life. Mm -hmm. It's to be part of God's big story to reach people that have never heard about Jesus. Mm. And I can have a role to play in that. Doesn't mean I have to be on the ground there, but I wanna have a heart that says God, if that's where you want me, the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good, Pastor Lindsay. I'm. I, we t- do talk a lot. I was gonna say <laughs> we should talk all about this all the time, but we do. We already do. Yes, we talk we a do. fair amount. Our offices are not too far from each other. But I, I know that the people that have been listening to this have been touched by it. And I'm, I'm as always. I'm gonna go back and listen to it. But I, I couldn't help but think like, what what God is, was speaking to me now is like two pastors and leaders. The reason why we have this missional call, why you do what you do, is because we know that we are stewarding people for a part of their life. Yeah. It's just a part.
1: A hundred percent. And I think
0: a lot of times pastors, and again, I've been guilty of it when I led young adult ministry, whenever somebody like would graduate college and move back home, I'm like, why don't you stay here? They're like, because I have a life somewhere else and there's new things for me. But when you, when you say, this is a part, of, a part of their life that I get to yes. pastor and lead, but how much greater is it if you can help guide them into that launching point to their calling, to their future and those things? And so I see people, we have, I mean, there's at River Valley, we have tons of former staff, but seeing the former staff that have left to go plant churches or to to be on the mission field. I mean, we, now, now we have 170 people that have, have left our house that are saying, we're not a part of your church anymore. That, that hurts for a moment until you realize, oh, they're going and doing things on their own. And I think that's, that's what's been so amazing about this yeah. is that now we have this family that we're we were we would never keep all of those Mm-mm. people anyways. Mm-mm. If we tried to oh we need to keep them as campus pastor we need to keep them as a, God's gonna get them on their their right spot. But it's like opening <laughs> up the hands to say where do you want them to go?
1: They, they- and it's interesting you say it that way. I'm gonna I'm gonna reframe that a little bit. They're not ours.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Our job is to pasture them into whatever God asks them to do, mm-hmm. right? Being obedient to Jesus is what He's asked us to do. So our job as pastors is to pasture them into that. If that means He asks them to go overseas, we should celebrate that. Yeah. Right. And so and our hundred and seventy that are overseas or that have gone overseas. Don't ever leave our church. They mm-hmm. call it home, sure, because we still engage with them, we still support them, we still pastor them, we still help them, because they need a lifeline back here. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like we ever lose them. They're just planting the church someplace else. Yeah, yeah. So it's little river valleys popping up <laughs> all over the world.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Not to
1: specifically see. under that name, yes, yes. but they are the fruit. They yeah. are our legacy. They mm-hmm. are the stamp that that River Valley is putting on the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, it's it's amazing. And just to see what God's done over these past oh. several years of sending and the, the hundreds that we're going to send and just even seeing in 2022, like I feel like there's going to be a surgence of more people we're right. going to be able to send with visas. And
1: and I think one thing, you know, we have this crazy vision. Pastor Rob is a huge visionary, mm-hmm. right? It When I first heard him say this years ago, we were going to put 500 on the field. I was like, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Now it seems much more in reach. Mm-hmm. But to those that, even if we talked earlier, that even if they every church in our network put one person on the field mm-hmm. every year from here on, yeah. think of the number of missionaries mobilized. So it doesn't have to be these massive numbers, totally. but let your church embrace this idea one, two, three at a time, mm-hmm. three in a year, that's still going to move the needle, and we're going to get closer to finishing the job Jesus gave us to do.
0: Yeah, amen. Amen. It's amazing. Well, Pastor Lindsay, uh, thank you again for this. My sure pleasure. we'll do it, was it again. Fun. But, uh, I hope so. I'm sure missionaries will be sent all over the world from this podcast. Yes. Yeah,
1: amazing. Love it.